Episode 2, Commitment. Welcome to the Back to the Den podcast. It's your host, Tracy Ham. As always, to my pack out there, good evening. I'm recording this 1948 Central Time for all my military folks, 748 for you regulars. Um, today, man, it's been a crazy day. Been all over the place, real efficient at work. It's getting cold out here in the Houston area, um, Texas City to be more exact. And I'm just winding down my day thinking about um, what I have to finish up the week. You know, it's hump day. Um, got to cut on some Raptors basketball, watching them take on the Suns. They're currently up 60 to 51 at the half. Also got to uh, tune into some of the college basketball SEC ACC challenge, and uh, it's been a, it's been a blast. We got some good games on, some good talent. And you know, while while watching this, so just and this this thought was sparked by the the college football movement. You know, we're coming up on on championship week pretty soon. Some of these Power Five conferences uh, teeing up some some big time matchups. You know, I stopped on Twitter and I, I scrolled up. I'm sorry, not Twitter. I'm, you see, I'm showing my age now. It's X now, excuse me. But, you know, I was scrolling through X and I was looking at all these transfers hitting the portal. And I was just like, man. And I'm talking like every other post or tweet was someone transferring from their school. And, you know, I got to thinking about my time at Georgia Southern. My grand and I was a walk-on. But it used to be there was a heavy penalty for transferring depending on what level you transferred to. So if you were D, D2, Division two, transferring up Division one, or vice versa, sometimes there'd be a waiting period. Like you'd have to sit out a year. And, and, you know, if you're a collegiate athlete, like especially with someone with, uh, you know, maybe a fringe drafted player or, you know, a friend, someone who's looking to get exposure because you want to get drafted or you're talented enough, but you need more film out there. Losing a year could be critical. So I'm thinking about this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here like, man, like, what has happened to commitment? What's happened to – it's two sides of this coin. We're talking about the transfer thing, right? It's, there's, you know, the, the the players who, yes, as athletes on scholarship, I didn't end up on scholarship until I transferred uh, to Clark Atlanta to run. But, yes, you know – the NCAA is uh, it's a business. Yes, the players, the the power is shifting to the players and the athletes, right? Because now they're they're dictating their narrative. They're dictating where they go, how they conduct business. You know who's gonna pay them to come play on their roster. But man, I just, just think about commitment, right? And I think about how the game is shifting now. Now, now, in my opinion, 
a lot of these players, specifically in basketball, right now, they are coming out bigger, faster, and stronger. But a lot of these players are, they're more physically gifted. And, and you know what? I, I was I was actually watching, I can't remember what NBA player I was t- watching talk about this. But the argument now is that these players are coming out more skilled than they were in the past. I I would I would I'll be honest to tell you I agree with that opinion. I think now there's more there's more specialization. Athletes are getting you got these parents that are training their kids or getting sending them to these big gyms. They're send they're, they're exclusively focusing on one sport as opposed to cross training or throwing them out in basketball and track and. Like when I grew up, I played everything on the I started off in soccer, which is how I got my endurance. Then threw me in track, then football, basketball. Like you found ways to to play on all these different teams. <laughs> and it didn't matter. Like that's how I grew up. And my dad played everything, baseball, football, basketball, track, all, all of it. But now you have these kids specializing in one sport. They're getting the fun. I, I would say I don't know. I, I want to say fundamentals, but the fundamentals, the footwork, the skill work, the shooting, the dribbling, the passing—they're getting all that. But oh, I, oh, Norris Cole. I'm sorry. So Norris Cole was saying that these kids like IQ now, and I I want to agree with that too because I also believe that. A lot of these kids are going for the flashiness of it, right? The flashiness, the the TikTok videos, the Instagram videos, the you know how many how much of my highlight reel is gonna get, how many likes, as opposed to truly learning the game and studying it and understanding why cause and effect. If I do this, my man is going to do this. If I put pressure on the defense here, this causes this reaction. This is player is supposed to be here. This is this is open because of these chain of events. It's like dominoes falling. So all that to say, I was, I was like I said, I was thinking about the word commitment because of all these factors: the social media age, uh, the uh, the the kids getting more skilled earlier. I mean, you, I just I just felt for the coaches, right? Because how do you build a roster knowing? that you could lose any one of your players at any given given moment. Like, I've seen people hitting the transfer port on basketball (laughs) midseason. They're quitting the team midseason. Like, I just can't fathom quitting midseason. My dad always used to tell me, and and for those who don't know, my dad's Hall of Fame quarterback, Tracy Hill. Hall of Famer, Georgia Hall of Fame, Canadian Hall of Fame, um, uh, college Hall of Fame. Like, I can't imagine. I, I, my dad always told me, you start it, you're going to finish it. I can't imagine quitting midseason, just straight quitting. I'm gone. I'm <laughs> And then sitting out for the next whatever, however many months until you're able to transfer to another school. 
Like that, just the thought of that is just like mind blowing to me. It just shows the the change in era, you know. Saying that the the difference in, in our generation's mindset and our de- generation in in the time period we're in as we enter into it, uh, into a new just a new era of sports, right? Uh, it's just mind blowing to me. So on the coaches' side, it's like yeah, they've been getting paid for a long time. The good ones have been getting paid for a long time. And you're not going to sit here and tell me that, you know, the Calipari's of the world, um, the Rick Patinos, they weren't paying players before all this. Like, I just, I'm, the good coaches found ways through boosters or alumni, whatever, to get their the players that they wanted, um, you know, through through the resources, right? That's why you go get a big a job at a, you know, back in the day it was, you know, the Kentuckys, the Louisvilles, you know what I'm saying? The Syracuses, like that's why you would go get a job there because you know the access to resource. It's all about resources. How can I get the best talent? How can I amass the best talent? But now, like I said, that word commitment. How are you know? How can I retain that talent? Am I going to have to pay you every year to retain you? That's what college is trans. That's what college basketball. I use college basketball as a as an example, but that is what college basketball, not even sorry, not not just basketball, that's what college sports, I mean, you mainly think about the big ones, basketball, football, I'm not sure if baseball, how, how bad they're dealing with it, but that's what college is now transitioning to. Um, how can I amass the best talent and then how am I going to retain it? But these schools have a boatload of money. You gotta think about it, man. Like, how many? I mean, just I'll think I'll, I'll break to you like this. Clark Atlanta's tuition was thirty k a semester, private institution, and this not even no. This is a D two school. We're not even a top D two school, man. Hey, shout out to Clark Atlanta though, man. Thirty k, and it's probably gone up due to inflation, insanity. Thirty k in a, a semester, bro. So you think about it, you get these students in here. That don't even play sports. Four years, 30K. Man, come on, man. (laughs) These schools are making millions of dollars. So they have access. And not to mention the the students that go all four years, they they graduate, and then they become millionaires just off of their careers or whatever, and then they have access to unlimited resources. You know what I'm saying? It's like one big frat. You know, I... I know, I went to University of Florida, man. Hey, once a gator, always a gator. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they're gonna give back. But it's just, I'm just, it's just crazy how the cycle is. I just thought it was worth talk, you know, worth chatting and bringing it up um, as I as I was scrolling down X. But like, it's just so many angles to this to the college world. So like, so it's crazy. So I I had a even as a walk off. So I I I basically bought my jersey out of the bookstore. There was a number four jersey. That was my number. Uh, I was a walk-on. Um, someone someone said they, I, I have a, one, one, one of my phones, I have a screenshot of me on College Who's 2K. Like someone created a roster and put me on it. I was trash, but it was cool to just, you know, someone thought to put me on it. But like, not, like, you know how much... <laughs> 
you know how much I could have benefited from having that money? <laughs> so there's that aspect of being a student, being a college basketball player, being a walk-on. So I'm not even getting money. Um, you know what I'm saying? And then having just even a small check to cover something, man, an extra meal at McDonald's. Hell, I'd have took it. There's that aspect. And then you've got the, the, you know, the top players on our team at that time, Eric Ferguson, you know what I'm saying? Who went overseas to play Willie Powers, who's uh who's now the assistant basketball coach at FAMU. Love to have him on one of these days. But like, just think he was on those video games. I mean, just think even a small check from that, you know, back then when things didn't cost as much as they do now, how much that would have helped. You know what I'm saying? Or or you, you like to think it there, think about their career trajectory, their career arc. Would they have stayed at their school? Would they have stayed at Georgia Southern to who? You know, if if Georgia Southern was paying, would they have been at another school closer to home? If they could have got an NIL deal or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy. So how, how many variables are playing into this new age of college collegiate sports? You know, I was thinking about that. Um, man, just, you know, when you get a chance, drop a comment. You know what I'm saying? Just shit, you know. Drop a comment at me, get at me, DM me, whatever, man. I'd like to, I'd like to, ch- I'd like to chat about that. I, I think that's an interesting, uh, interesting topic. And then you get into, you know, the Caleb Williams of the world, quarterback for USC now, the Caleb Williams of the world, who says now he's, you know, at one point he his draft stock was so high, he has so much power that he that he was saying that. Whoever drafts him, he wants stock. He basically wants to own part of the NFL team that drafts him. That's insane. I don't think the NFL would allow a a current active player to to get, you know, uh, ownership in in the team. But just the thought that players are are obtaining so much power in that regard, that's just insane. This is a new era of sports. You know what I'm saying? So just a quick tidbit there. Um, the next thing I was thinking about was uh, on Athletically Declines, NBA preview show, I, I you know, everyone was taking uh, Wimba Yama uh, from the San Antonio Spurs for rookie of the year, which, you know, that's a safe pick, man. We've never seen anything like that in the league. Um, and he's been balling out. I wish the Spurs would. Uh, give him the ball more, like just feature him a little more. I think, and I, I've been on teams like this in the past where you've had a young player, a, a player who's younger, um, playing with older players, and they recognize that that young player is going to be something. And it's sometimes, I, it's I feel like it's a little bit of jealousy, man. I, and I'll and I'll liken it to we had a we had a player, Charles Mann, played for University of Georgia. Uh, basketball team, uh, I think it'll be like six five, uh, six five two, whatever. But dude, you could tell, you know, in younger years, you could tell he was he was gonna be straight, right? But then when he got to high school, man, just like he became that deal, right? And he was playing, you know, with older. He was playing with older players, right? And you can tell he was putting the work in uh, in the summertime, bro. Like you respect to that man, like. But you could tell when he, when you know, when they first put him on varsity, right? It just seemed like some of the older guys were jealous, right? 
And I think in the end, that's why he ended up transferring to Milton. But you could tell, like, he was going to be something, but, like, the other players kind of holding him back a little bit. And sometimes when I watch the Spurs uh, basketball team, like, I've seen plays where they don't even look for, for women young. Like, dude, he's seven. How can you not see him? Give him the ball. He does everything. He shoots. He dribbles. Uh, I think my only knock was, all right, could he stay healthy? Because he looks – he literally does look a little frail, right? Like, he looks very, like, skinny. Like, and I – I mean, so far he's been able to stay healthy. He does everything. He does everything. He's 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 a coach's dream. Uh, so, but yeah, I my my pick was Wimbanyama. I don't know if he'd stay healthy, but he's he's done that so far. But I I came on here to talk about Scoot Henderson because I thought people were sleeping on him, and man, Scoot has not looked apart, man. And I think part of that is because Scoot is, he's a combo guard. He's a lot smaller than I thought he was. I thought Scoot was closer to 6'5". He's actually closer to 6'2", 6'3". But, you know, when I've watched, I've stayed up to watch some Trailblazers games. He's averaging nine points a game, I think off 35% shooting. On defense, it's not like he's some defensive stopper, right? But then on offense, like, it just seems like he is engaged only when it is time for him to score. Now, granted, dude's 19 years old. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm just doing this a little bit like, I mean, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Bought my, you know, school from Marietta. I watched him at D-League Ignite. Um, watch, like I said, I've stayed up to watch some Trailblazers, some Trailblazers games. Uh, I mean, he's 19 years old. He's young. You know what I'm saying? And, and you look at some of the other G League Ignite players. Jalen Green took him a minute. Ime Udoka's been a great coach for him. Um, we talk about coming into the league straight from, you know, straight from high school to, to G League, to G League Ignite, and then going to the league. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that, that that circles back to what I was saying earlier, like, when we talk about the IQ portion of it, like, knowing, I feel like back then, knowing how to run sets uh, is a lot different than just straight iso ball. And I feel like a lot of basketball has drifted towards iso ball, which you still got to know how to score. But, like, back then, and I'm, you know, say I'm, I'm 30. You know, I'm 30 years old. Um, I grew up in the age where you, you, we was running motion offense. We was running that that triangle stuff. We was running, the, you know what I'm saying? We was running sets. But when the set broke down, that's when you go get your bucket. Because, you know, scoring is scoring out of a set. It's just, it's just efficient. But now as we transition to a new era of basketball, it's about ISO. It's about who can get that flashy move, get on that TikTok reel, get on that YouTube and I, I just, I question, and I look at someone like Scoop, you know what I'm saying, physically gifted, you know what I'm saying, solid as a rock, 6'2", lit up G League at night, but when you get to the league, you, you know, now you're just averaging nine, you know what I'm saying, like, what's what's going on? I look at games where, you know, like I said, if he ain't getting that rock to ISO, he just go stand in the corner. He don't look like that number, like that top three pick. 
You know, so don't look that that dominant. And, and granted, like I say, he's 19. But like all we saw in G League Ignite was ISO ball. That's it. That's all we saw. Isolation. And I'm saying, like, man, surely you have more to your game than just isolation. Surely a number two pick is more to the more to his bag of tricks than just breaking down a man one on one. And it's but it's also crazy because Jalen Green, if you look at his year, you know, the, the time in Houston, gifted score, gifted athlete. But I mean, as it, it seems now he's playing more efficient. He's got the right coach for him. He's the right coach. Uh, he's got the right talent. I think the right vets around him. But like you saw in, you know, this early couple he's like, what, nigga, what, this is third year now? You saw in the first couple of years just mindlessly scoring, inefficiently scoring, you know, iso ball, iso ball, iso ball, chuck up a shot, you know, crazy highlights. Like I said, dude's crazy talented, but like I feel like now, or like I said, he's you see the maturation of him as a basketball player. So, you know, no, no hope loss maybe for Scoot, but like just would like to see – more to his game than, you know, I mean, top three pick, the more to his game than just isolation scoring. And maybe that'll come over the course of the season. But I had to go ahead and get that out there that I had him as a sleeper pick for rookie of the year. He's been nowhere near Victor Wimbanyama. And I even threw out Chet Holgram as a, as a name because, um, you know, he's he's got the Ben Simmons rookie of the year thing working for him. <laughs> Injured one year, didn't play. I hate, I wish they would take that out. I really wish that would take that out. The last thing I want to hit on, uh, just like I said, let's give y'all a three-pointer right quick and back to the day. I just want to give y'all a quick three-piece. The last thing I want to hit on is the Zach Levine trade rumors. If I am the Lakers, which I stayed up to watch them play some primetime basketball, they need one more score, in my opinion. And that is to account for the nights when AD just simply being AD. Now, for a few years now, AD has had me fooled because he has been one of the most polarizing. Like, bro, LeBron was right when he picked AD to be his successor, successor excuse me, on paper, like on paper, AD coming out of New Orleans, I mean, dude, 6'11", he's athletic, he got a nice shooting touch, can handle the rock, rebound. I mean, like, all of, like when you look at AD switch onto guards, he might be one of the best defenders in pick and roll to do that. Like, he's like, it just, he's one of them guys when it comes to that. His 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 presence on defense alone makes him so much more like just makes him valuable. And then what he can, has the potential to give you on offense in is crazy. But just some nights he just don't be there. Some nights he's just not for whatever reason. And I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Some nights he's just not locked in or he's hurt. I don't know. He just don't get the dominant performances that we expect. From a person, uh, a player of that caliber, right? And I for so 
he has his nights where he's doing his 10 points, 12 points, and LeBron at 40 years old is getting buckets. Shout out LeBron, man. Continues to defeat Father Time. At some point, I would like to do a, a, a GOAT debate, him versus Jordan or Kobe or whoever y'all got. But I'm, what we're witnessing from this man, Braun, is the greatest thing I have ever seen at 40 years old. I mean, this, this is just like Brady. But I digress. The Lakers need another score. Now, I, if they go for Zach Levine, you got to give me Caruso. Somehow you got to get Caruso back in that deal. You got to get him back. Now, whether you give up Rui Hachimura or you give up, like, I don't, I don't, you give up Reeves. I don't know. I don't know if you do that. I know they need a score. And, and I, like, I, they just need one more score. Like, I, I do like the DeMar DeRozan. I did like that because, you know, he can get a bucket. But then at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Like, what What am I going to give up for it? What am I going to give up for that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, another destination that I would maybe like to see Zach in. So, so here's the thing with Zach, bro. Crazy athletic. Like, he's one of the most athletic guards I've ever seen. I mean, at 6'5", he's doing, he's doing stuff that, like, it's just, it just crazy. And then I've seen him... So I'm a Raptors fan. I've seen him take over game. I've seen him take over the playing game versus the Raptors. Crazy. I'm talking about dude couldn't couldn't miss. You know, so questions about whether he wants to be in Chicago or not. Um, I, I, me personally, I think that Chicago team needs to blow it up. Um, it, it was a fun while it lasted, but it's just not. They don't fit well together, in my opinion. They just don't. They don't fit. But if I'm if I'm Zach Levine, I mean I saw the I, Miami would be a good fit. They need Miami needs another score as well. I don't I don't like Zach going to L.A. because of what they might have to give up for him. But if they do that deal, you got to get Caruso back in that deal. You have to get Caruso back. Another place I'd like to see Zach, like I said, Miami, alongside Jimmy Butler. Jimmy needs someone else who can carry the scare, uh, the scoring load. I'm tired of watching Jimmy just having to do it by himself. But then if he gets traded to the Heat, he has to buy into to the culture. He's got to defend. I've never, I haven't seen Zach defend like that. You know what I'm saying? Are you going to get the same play in on the defense end that you're getting on the offense end. And then a third destination. Uh, if I'm being honest. So I said, number one, the Lakers. They may or may not. I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to give me Caruso back. Do I like the Lakers fit? No, I think the Heat is the best fit. I think the Heat is the absolute best fit, in my opinion. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the Lakers pull the trigger. I don't think the Heat even pull the trigger, trigger just off of the defensive woes. But all right, number one, the Heat. 
All right, I'll say two Lakers. And then the last team, uh, it's kind of tough because all the Eastern teams are pretty much like kind of, I don't want to, he's not going to Boston. Um, He's not going to Brooklyn. He's not going to Brooklyn. He's not going, let's see, like Sixers are good. Nah, not going to 76ers, not going to Cleveland, even though you got the Donovan Mitchell rumors swirling around that he's not coming back. Pistons, nah. Nah. Pacers, nah. Bucks, no. Nah. Hawks, nah. Hornets, Magic Wizards, can't see it. Honestly, bro. Man, Raptors? Uh, that'd be nice. It'd be nice. Mind you, I'm a Raptors fan. Somebody gonna say I'm biased, but man, if you could get you a a Levine, Pascal, Scotty Barnes, or a Levine, OG Barnes, that might be straight. That might be straight. I mean, really, I honestly though, the Heat is where I would like to see him because I need something to. Uh, I need someone to help Jimmy out, man. And Bam, Jimmy Bam and Levine, that's a good fit. That's a great fit. So, man, let me know. Thoughts on where Levine should go, where Levine should end up. If the Lakers do trade the Bulls, they need to get the Rosen, I think, though. They need they need a, someone that can get a bucket. They're going to surround the Rosen. Who, he can stagger the Rosen, LeBron, and AD minutes. And then that's someone who can get a just a reliable bucket. The Rosen is still a bucket. So, but, yeah, let me know your thoughts, comments on the, on the session today. And, as always, thanks for your time. And back to the den. Uh, for all my fellow Panthers, uh, CAU Panthers, all my fellow Jaguar fans out there, hey, man, let's have a great week. And for all my other listeners, thanks for tuning in. Glad I can earn your listen. And uh, if you haven't already, like, share, subscribe, follow, Athletically Decline, and back to the den. And we'll see you on the next episode. Stay blessed.